from the offices of Great River Investments in the beautiful city of Burlington, Iowa. This is the Marvin Knows Finances Show. I am your host, Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. And joining me today is Joe Jolin of Jolin Media in West Burlington, Iowa, and Todd Slatke, CPA, and my teammate here at Great River Investments. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen in. And as always, for all you listeners on Google Podcasts and Spotify, don't forget to click the subscribe button. If you prefer to see this show in action, please check out our YouTube channel, Marvin Knows Finances, and click subscribe there as well. Just like the last and every time, I have to take care of a little business before we get moving too far forward to make sure my compliance department stays happy and allows me to continue to bring you this wonderful show. Marvin Thompson is an investment advisor representative and a registered investment advisor with Brokers Financial member SIPC. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers Financial. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Great River Investments LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. So gentlemen, today's topic is financial planning. What is it and when should I start? However, before we get into that, we've got our question of the week. Question of the week this week says, my employer offers a Roth 401k. Is this something I should be participating in? Absolutely, folks. Absolutely. I'm not even a financial advisor. Uh, Marvin told me yes. Yes. <laughs> That's definitely what we want you to do. So um, not every employer offers the Roth portion of the 401k. So let's throw that out there right away. But if you're fortunate enough to have an employer who has the traditional uh, component to the 401k, which is all pre-tax money, and a Roth portion, we encourage you to take your personal contributions and maximize into the Roth as much as possible, okay? Um, so let's back up a little bit and talk about what a Roth does. A Roth actually provides you with tax-free income, tax-free growth, sorry, um, at some point in the future when you retire. So when you put monies into a 401k under the traditional plan, you don't pay any taxes on that money. It goes in pre-tax. On the Roth side of it, you do pay tax on the contribution, but all the growth you get into it in the future is tax-free, okay? So we want you to take as much money as you possibly are contributing, and of course we want you to maximize as much as you can, and put your portion into the Roth 401k side of things, okay? The second thing is any employer match automatically goes into the traditional uh, contribution piece, traditional side of the 401k. So when the question comes up is, should I participate in the Roth 401k, no matter what your age, the answer is yes, okay? The other thing we want you to keep in mind, too, is we want you to have a Roth IRA outside of the 401k plan, okay? There's some time restrictions on Roth monies where you have to be in there for five years or reach 59 and a half before you get these monies tax-free. The clock doesn't start on the Roth side of things or the Roth 401k side of things. So you have to have an individual Roth IRA established for that five-year time frame to get going, okay? My final thought on the Roth IRA is that I do think the government will eventually make changes to the Roth IRAs and the way they work, possibly even eliminating them. When you hear stories about business owners who started with, you know, $1,500 contributions into the Roth IRA and company stock, but now that company stock is worth $1.5 billion and that's all tax-free money and growth, it raises red flags to the government that we might need to be making some changes on it. So if you have a Roth IRA, good job. If you don't have a Roth IRA yet, please open one up as quickly as possible. Okay. All right. So with that being said, let's talk about financial planning. Um, if I throw it out to you guys, what do you guys think of financial planning? What comes to your mind? For me, it would be <clears throat> kind of looking at where you currently sit, which is a good starting place, 
and what that is going to look like over time. What are the ins and outs? What are the predictable ins and outs? Um, what does your income look like for the next 5, 10, 15, 40 years? What does your expense budget look like? And will that grow with inflation? Um, how will that change? What assets do you currently have on hand? What is your plan for adding to those assets? Are you providing for college education? Uh, what's your debt position? Do you have debt to pay down? Are you debt free? All of those things, um, they're, they're just a lot of moving pieces and, and a lot of math um, that all tie together to really, um, from an accounting standpoint, your, your starting point really is kind of a net worth statement or in accounting terms, we would call that a balance sheet. What do I own and what do I owe? And the difference is my equity in my household or my life or my um, you know, business, it's in my business. So starting point being a balance sheet and future predictions being more of an income statement. What, what are my inflows and outflows each year? And the plan becomes kind of an aggregation of those future year income statements and what may they look like. A big part of this is a lot of assumptions. You cannot predict the future, can't predict the next hour, can't predict the next minute. So how are we predicting the next 40 years? We're using some history um, to do that, some look backs on what are average return rates, what are average inflation rates, um, what has happened with Social Security benefits over time? Have they increased 5% a year, 1% a year, 0% a year? All of those things become assumption factors that we have to use in, in, in computing that plan. Jeez. That's really good. Uh, from my perspective, I, I think of it kind of twofold. One, I think back when I was like 25, you know, 30, thinking... And five years ago. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> thinking, uh, that's something I'll do later on when I'm more established kind of thing. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, I didn't think about those uh, things that you mentioned, Todd. Um, and that's something now that it's, it's, it's basically, you know, even just listening to you speak, it's something that's educational for me. And I think other people out there might, that might think it's something to do later on, uh, you know, should really start thinking about that now. Yep, absolutely. The biggest, uh, the biggest advantage a 20-year-old has or a 25-year-old over a 55-year-old is time. Mm -hmm. And um, all of these money buildups, these asset buildups over time are a function of time, rate, and amount that you're contributing. And you have some ability to vary um, the amount you're contributing. You have an ability to vary um, your potential investment return based on your risk tolerance and what, what you're willing to invest in. But you have no control over time. Um, you know, if we didn't start when you're 25 and now you're 35, those 10 years are gone. You can't get them back. So now you're, you're, you're at a factor of two variables instead of three. So not to be preachy, but time is an important variable. And if, um, if you can make the most advantage of that time, you actually can build a bigger nest egg with, with uh, less money going in than, than, um, than if you start later. Absolutely. So I think, I think people actually hear the words financial plan and start getting really nervous. Sweating. Sweating almost to the point where they, it's a uh, paralysis to the point where they just won't do it. Yeah. And we would like to explain the simplification of a financial plan. Okay. So take it, you know, take the whole, what you think it is and kind of throw it out the window for the time being. Okay. Um, I think Todd and I would, would explain to you that first of all, all, out of all the financial plans that we have done through the years, 
the fact is no two are ever alike, okay? Um, there have been some very complicated ones done. There have been some very simple ones done. Um, when you sit down with your advisor or your certified financial planner, which is who we're hoping you're use, using, um, you have to feel comfortable with them and be able to answer the questions that they're going to be throwing at you. It does not have to be a scary process. If this process is making you nervous, maybe you're not working with the right person. You know, really the first couple of meetings might just be conversations about how do I feel about certain topics and so forth. And you don't have to have a $10 million estate to do a financial plan. Um, Todd's already mentioned, you know, if you're in your early 20s, and we're going to discuss the timing of when you should start this in a little bit, but um, the earlier the better. And once again, if your financial plan may be something as simple as paying off debt, uh, buying a house, uh, starting to fund a kid's college education, uh, looking at some life insurance, things like that. So, um, folks, don't be scared by the term financial plan, okay? I don't know why that has such a weird meaning to people, but everybody's different. Your financial plan is your financial plan. It's not going to be the same as mine. It's not going to be the same as Todd's or Joe's. That's the bottom line. That's how it works. So let's talk real quick about what topics that we cover in a financial plan, okay? Now, as I just mentioned, some financial plans or some planning work we do is quite simple and some of it's quite complex, you know? Uh, we might have business owners looking to pass on assets to generations, things like that, farm ground. And once again, we might have somebody starting out new. So the first thing we always talk about is lifestyle and expenses. You know, when Todd and I sit down with you, um, what we're going to do is we're just going to ask you the questions. What are you looking to do? What is your goal? Um, and once again, that goal is different for everybody. Yeah. You know, that goal is and different it, for And I think the good part about, you know, in my working with you and I hope in your working with me, it's a non-judgmental process. We're not, we're not, we're not here to um, be critical of where you're at in time. We're here to provide you um, with tools that, and knowledge that we maybe have or have seen or have seen others use that is successful um, to apply to your situation. And, you know, it's always up to you to either decide to do use that or don't use that. Um, but but if you're not aware of the tools that are available or the processes or the um, you know the different things you can modify if you want your financial plan to look better, if you're not aware of those things, then you know. And sometimes ignorance is bliss. People feel so that that's part of the fear of a, of a financial plan. It sounds kind of scary and and it's like, well, I know I'm not in very good shape, so I'm just going to ignore it. I don't want to do it. But if you're not in very good shape, that's a really good reason to do it. It, it. I'm chuckling because it reminds me of the person who says, I'm not going to go to the doctor because the minute I do, I'll find out there's something wrong. Right. <laughs> right. <No. laughs> so would you rather do that 10 years from now and find out it's really wrong, or would you rather find out now and you can do something to, exactly. to help with that? Exactly. All right. So uh, lifestyle expenses, you know, we're going to have a discussion about that. Um, time horizon, portfolio allocation. Um, these two things kind of go hand in hand because, you know, if we, if we do some planning work for you or if your financial planner does, um, you're going to have a discussion at some point along the way about when do you want to retire? You know, we have quite a few people who think 55 is the magic age to retire at. And you know what? It's, it is possible for people to retire at 55. It's just, it's very challenging. You have to be very diligent early on on savings and keeping your debt down and so forth. Then you got to take into consideration things like, well, I don't start Social Security till 62, or I'm not eligible for Medicare until later on. You know, how do you pay for medical expenses and those sorts of things? So we do have clients who can retire at 55. Um, some prefer to continue to work even though they know they can do it. Uh, some we just have to tell them, look, it's not possible. You got to keep working. 
you know, you're going to have to work till 60 or 65, whatever the case may be. Um, so time horizon is going to vary for everybody differently. Portfolio allocation goes back to what we've talked about many times before, and that's risk. You know, how much risk are you willing to take? There's a risk reward in investments and financial planning that you have to be aware of. Um, the more risk you take, the better the reward is over a period of time. But if, if it makes you uncomfortable, if you can't sleep at night because, you know, I might lose 20 or 30 percent of my portfolio value, which will then blow my entire plan up, then you're not in the right spot. Okay. And once again, um, these are just all discussion points that we're kind of throwing out there to give you a general idea of what we're doing. Okay? Every one of these is a, is a variable along a sliding line, basically. So, you know, in portfolio allocation, we're talking about investments and what do I invest in and, and um, what is the risk level of that investment. So, um, you know, everybody thinks the, the, the least risky is just, you know, cash in a coffee can, bury it in the backyard. Um, and there's a lot of risk to that one. It doesn't seem like there is, but but inflation is a is a risk that is working against you. Um, so you bury $100 in the yard, and five years from now you dig it up, and you want to go buy whatever $100 would have bought in 2021. It won't buy it anymore. It, it will buy you know $65 worth of that or $75 worth of that. So cash erodes. So even cash is not completely safe because of inflation risk. And we talk about some of those things. We, we use some of those things in our, in our factors and our assumptions. Um, but there is then that sliding scale of, um, of, of on, the, on the very risky end, you know, you, you, you take a shot, you take your $100 and you invest 100% of it in a brand new startup company. You know, it may go to the moon. It, it, it may be the, you know, the next big thing. It may be you Apple. You said go to the moon. You must follow Reddit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it may be, uh, you know, your $100 is worth zero uh, the following day. So that or, is the... Or that you is, die and, and you didn't tell anybody about it. And it yes. And it sits there in yeah, the then, And the then, next person finds then it. Then your estate planning is really <laughs> <That's> terrible. <right. laughs> um, uh, the next thing we're going to bring into a financial plan, and I'm going to kind of turn the mic over to Todd a little bit on this one because um, tax considerations. Now, Every time a new administration comes in, tax laws change, it seems. Um, you know, when Trump was in office, um, it seemed to be more about cutting taxes for corporations and the middle class and so forth. And now Biden's in, in office and he's talking about raising tax rates for corporations and so forth. So um, tax consideration is a huge piece of it. And we've actually built it into our financial planning software. So, um, Todd? Yes. I'm going to let you talk about the importance of the tax consideration. Okay, and the, the fact that if you're not having an advisor do this with you, you're missing a huge piece. Yes. Um, so a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of avenues I can go down with this, but uh, a lot of people will you know, be my age, let's say, and they're looking at their 401k statement or their Roth 401k statement, and they're feeling you know, maybe pretty good. Like, I've got all this money banked aside, and it looks really good. It's a big number. Um, if it's in a Roth or a regular IRA, um, the government is also smiling with you because they are really happy that you have built up that nest egg because they want 30, 40% of it as you draw it out. And in fact, starting at age 72, they're going to force you to take it out um, because they want that piece. They've allowed you to let it build up tax-free over time, but they now it's time to pay the piper on that one. So they, they want their piece. Um, that's, that's one avenue. Um, Tax planning considerations are important because um, we have a what's called a progressive tax system in this country. So lower incomes play, pay a lower rate of tax, and that progresses on uh, a scale through time, uh, not necessarily through time, but money amounts. 
and you eventually reach a top uh, a top federal rate, which currently for individuals is thirty seven percent, and that's being looked at to bump up to thirty almost forty percent here um, in in the new administration, um, and a lower threshold for reaching that level. And so all of those things going to play in making decisions around, you know, do I put money into a Roth 401k now and take the tax benefit of that being deductible from income, or do I do Roth and and I, I forego the tax deductibility now, but I let that asset build up tax-free over time and eventually, you know, all the monies that I pull out will be tax-free, which is, you know, a really, really good thing. It's a really great benefit in, the, in that future. Um, there's um, all kinds of taxes, which everybody knows, but I mean, the main ones we think about here in our planning is, is individual federal income tax and individual state income tax. But we also, um, a lot of people, you know, kind of ignore this one, but Social Security, you don't really ignore it, but Social Security is a pretty big chunk of tax. In fact, for lower income families, it's, 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 it's even greater than their income tax typically. So um, Social Security tax is um, paid both by your employer and yourself in a shared 50-50. Um, current rate is 7.65% on the first approximately $130,000 of, of salary per individual. Um, it ends up being a really big number um, in your tax budget. And one of the, it is one of the things that we um, put into our planning um, because it is such a big number. Um, other people who work for government entities, say the city or school district, they're going to have another tax, um, which is really kind of a benefit contribution, but it's more treated as a tax um, for, like in this state, um, in Iowa, it's called uh, IPERS, Iowa Public Employee Retirement System. And um, we, we try to factor, and I think we do a good job of factoring all of those things into looking at that future um, time horizon as you draw investments out or as you have other income in retirement. Um, so, so both a look at money going in to your um, savings over time, um, net of taxes, and then money coming out over time, also net of taxes. And how do those balance up? And what does that look like? Are you going to, and, and the big question everybody has, you know, can I retire at 50? Can I retire at 60? Can I retire at 70? The big question is, am I going to run out of money? You know, well, if you die tomorrow, you're probably not. But if you're going to live to 100, um, you need to look at that and see that those balances um, support the lifestyle of living that you you expect and want. And that future lifestyle and living needs to be inflation adjusted as well, because um, 30 years from now, um, $10,000 isn't what $10,000 is today. Exactly right. So, all right. Next topic we cover is insurance. Okay. Um, I think this is sometimes overlooked by advisors. Um, and I don't really know why. I mean, if you're going to do a, a whole financial plan for somebody, um, or even a basic one, the topic of insurance has to be discussed. Okay. And what I really boil it down to is, I, I mean, we can talk about the auto and homeowners insurance and the umbrella policies and stuff like that. But people tend to forget about things like disability insurance. You know, how does your financial plan get affected if you don't have income coming in? Or life insurance. What happens if, you know, I go home tonight and I get hit by a dump truck on the way home and I'm no longer here? What happens to that financial plan? Um, health insurance. What happens if you are self-employed? How do you afford this? How does your family continue to pay for this if you retire early? Things like that. And then finally, um, as you get a little bit older, you got to bring in the discussion of long-term care insurance. 
So you want your financial planner to be discussing some of these topics with you because you know if they're not, you're not probably not getting what you're what you're what you're paying for. Okay. Um, and lastly, in a financial plan, you need to be discussing the topic of estate planning. Now, there's a lot of people out there who are millionaires and have an estate valued over $11 million and so forth, and they would have the chance of being brought into the estate planning tax and so forth. Um, but when we talk about estate planning, too, we're going to simplify it down a little bit. We're going to start with the basic square one thing. Do you have a will? You know, Are you the one instructing where your assets are going to go upon your demise? Um, if you don't have a will, that's a very good place to start. Uh, do you have children who maybe have special needs? Are there special circumstances in your family that might require a trust? Now, keep in mind, folks, we do not do these types of, we don't do this type of work in our office, but we have affiliates, uh, attorneys, and so forth, who we can definitely recommend you to and, and go from there. So, um, so the big topics, once again, lifestyle and expenses. We want to know what your goals are. We want to know the basics. We want to know your incomes, your expenses. How much do you want to retire with? When do you want to retire? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the time horizon, the portfolio allocations, we work with you on that. Um, your advisor will work with you on that. So make sure they're doing a good job with it. Match it up with your risk tolerance. It's super important. Tax considerations. Anything that you see should have tax considerations brought into the discussion. We don't know what future tax rates will be. Financial planners will always make adjustments to match those up, but make sure it's being discussed. Insurance and estate planning, the last two pieces of the financial plan, super duper important. Just to even get some basic things out there is, is extremely important for you to do it. Um, Can I just add here, Marvin, on the, on the tax planning part, um, one of the things that we're pretty proud of here with this, with this firm is the software that we've developed um, to look at tax considerations is different than a lot of um, softwares that are out there that really kind of look at tax rates as a stagnant item. So when you're doing the plan, they might feed in a rate of 22% um, this year and for all future years, or 25% for this year and all future years. And you're kind of stuck with that static um, kind of guess at a tax rate. And what we have developed is an ability to what we call dynamic tax calculation. So we look at each year's income, both this year and all future years, year by year, and figure out what would the tax be on that income in that year. So we look at the progressive tax table, and if it's only going to be 11% in a given year, we use 11%. If it's going to be 35% in a given year, we use 35%. So it's, um, it's a much truer picture, we feel, on what the impact of those deferred taxes are, those taxes that are going to be there on the 401k withdrawal, um, but you really don't think about them because nobody really shows you the future bill you're going to have. In a way, we're kind of calculating that future bill and can can show it to you as a as a netting down or an offset to those withdrawals that you're going to make out of your 401k. Perfect, perfect. All right. So uh, next topic, next question, I should say, is when should people start to plan? Okay. Um, obviously, with what I do for a living, I started planning early on in my life, my early 20s and so forth. Todd, what about you? Oh, very early on. Very um, early on. I've always been a, you know, I've always been a spreadsheet guy before spreadsheets were developed. So again, I'm old. So um, I, you know, I'm being an accounting person, I, I, you may be surprised by this, but prior to spreadsheets being on a computer, they are actually big sheets of paper that were like 16 columns wide and 50 columns, 50, 50 rows long, and they were green. And you used a pencil. I don't know if you remember those, but you used a pencil with those. An, and, apple, uh, an apple pencil? Uh, no, no apple oh, pencil. No, no, no. no. Okay, sorry. The Next apple question. to the teacher. And 
you uh, you rough things out, kind of these kind of, kind of the same things we're describing about future looks at things. Um, but you did it manually, and you did it with a calculator or long long division or whatever you happen to have available to you. So um, I've been doing it a long time, and um, you know we talk about um, when should you start planning. Um, I mean, there's a couple different approaches there. As a parent, you can help your child start planning even before they have income. And they're watching you, and they see how you do it, and whether that, you know, they may not know whether that's working or not working, but eventually they'll figure it out. And you're either providing a good example to them or a poor example to them in your in your planning, even though they're not seeing you run that spreadsheet. Um, they, they know how you spend. Absolutely. Todd or Joe, what about you? Uh, later on, unfortunately. Later on? Um, yeah. I, yep. I went to I went back to school late, um, and so I didn't get into the corporate uh, as far as companies. I worked construction while my wife was finishing school, and uh, then I went back and I, I, I got kind of started late. So it wasn't until probably mid 30s where we started. All right, we got to start. Very common. Yeah. Very very so, common. Yep. And uh, I think through my years of doing this, 30s 40s, probably most people kind of get real serious about it and start thinking about it. Yeah. Kids are getting older. They bought the home, things like that. So they get a lot of stuff out of the way. So when I talk to high schools, I always ask, um, hey, teenager, do you want to be a millionaire? Do you want to be a millionaire? And Todd brings up the point. You know, we all come from different backgrounds. Some people have the benefit of seeing their parents with money. Some people never hear a discussion about money with their parents whatsoever. Um, but you can literally, as a young person, if you happen to be listening to this, um, you can literally become a millionaire um, by starting early. Now, keep in mind, um, you do not need to have a complicated financial plan when you're 18, 19 years old. You know, I start my children in a Roth IRA when they're young because they have earned income. They can make money. They can put money away. They can have money tax-free down the road, et cetera, et cetera. So, hey, teenager, you want to be a millionaire? How about you do this? Avoid your debt. Oh, we've only talked about that in every podcast we've ever done. So avoid your debt and consistently save. You don't have to save a lot of money to become a millionaire when you're young. It's it's incredibly important to have that discussion with them. And you need to know that the what you can save is is really the difference between what you take in and what you spend. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, debt sometimes becomes the balancer. If you take in a hundred dollars and you spend one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, debt becomes the balancer because you had to borrow 20 to do that. Perfect. But if you take in 100 and you spend 80, then you have 20 to do something else with, and hopefully it's to save it. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right, so I'm going to ask a question. The difference between a true financial plan and a basic investment management plan. Um, that sounds probably weird the way I worded that, but let me try to give you an overview of what I'm thinking here, Okay. A lot of people out there work with the person who sells their auto insurance on investments, and I'm using air quotes here, investments, okay? And are they really getting a true financial plan, or are they just getting a product sold to them, okay? If you are serious about financial planning, you need to work with a professional financial planner, okay? I'm not saying there's not people out there who sell auto and home insurance who are incredibly capable of doing true financial plans. But in a lot of cases, the people you're buying your investments from are just there to sell a product on behalf of their company. It earns them a commission. Is it really doing for you what you need it to do? So we're going to encourage you to make sure that you're just not working with somebody on an investment product. You're literally sitting down and digging into the weeds like Todd was describing earlier about our process. Um, you're going to pay for that service. 
but what you're going to get back is going to be a hundred times greater than just buying a product because somebody works for a company and sells you XYZ's annuity or mutual fund or something like that. And that yeah. piece that may be sold to you, that product, may, may be a good piece. It, it may very well be a good Absolutely. piece that fits into a, a larger plan. Um, but I, I've talked to Marvin about this. I, 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 one of the benefits that uh, we can provide is, is, is the pull-it-all-together kind of philosophy. So if you think of financial plan in those terms, uh, forget about financial plan and portfolio and investment management and on tax and all the things I've said, or we've said it's it's a it's it's a pull it together uh, kind of organization. It's a declutter. A declutter. That's one of our marketing taglines. Yes, yes. We declutter that's, your life. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, in a lot of cases, people don't want to maybe mow their own yard or trim their own trees or clean their own house, and you hire somebody to do that because it's work that maybe you don't want to do. Um, you may have your tax return done by a professional every year because it's something you don't want to learn how to do and you need their expertise and assistance. This is kind of the same way, but it, 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 um, it really kind of gets set aside and, and it has a scariness to it. You know, the ta- tax returns, people wouldn't do those either unless the government held a gun to your head and said, you have to do it every year. So we do it. Um, but nobody does that with a personal financial plan. And I think you can just kind of get rid of some of the scary terminology and just go to <clears throat> all we're trying to do is really help you, yeah, really clean out your financial closet and, and exactly even right. even uncover some things that you didn't know you had. Dig dig back in the you know past employment life and do I have an existing defined benefit plan from an old employer? Do I have an, an existing 401k with an old employer that I forgot about? And it's, it, it either has built up to something or it's done nothing because I forgot about it and I didn't uh, I didn't invest it properly. It's it's helping you dig out those those pieces, put them all together, uh, apply some realistic assumptions to them, and see what it can turn into. Perfect. All right. So, um, kind of to wrap up the show now, you know, we cannot encourage you enough to sit down with a trusted, certified financial planner or a public accountant. Have these discussions. I want you to keep in mind that it may cost you some money for this plan, so be prepared. Um, advisors charge all over a scale. I've seen them as high as $10,000 for a plan. I've seen them as low as $500 a plan, so kind of be prepared. Uh, the time and the money and the questions you answer are all worth in the long run. Uh, there's no such thing as starting too early or starting too late. You need to get a plan in place, if not for you, but your family, because the plan will also help pass this money on to your next generation, which is super important. So as usual, my heartfelt thanks goes out to all of you for listening today. And as usual, a special thanks to Joe Jolin and Todd Slatke for joining me today and providing all their amazing questions and input. Uh, We want to hear from you. So please reach out to me by either giving me a call at 319-576-2264 or visit my newly designed website at www.greatriverinvestments.com and going to the Contact Us section of the site. I or a member of my team will be in touch with you shortly to discuss our next steps together. Thank you again for listening to the Marvin Knows Finances Show. This has been Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. Have an amazing day.